Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. What is up, Waffle Gang? I do hope you are well. My name is Mark, and today we're checking out some r slash entitled people. <laughs> and if you'd like to skip that initial waffle timestamps are in the description and along the timeline below. But if you are new here, please consider hitting that like, that subscribe, maybe that notification bell too, as it all massively helps out our channel. Let's jump straight in to today's stories. Much love, guys. Now, our first story comes from These Mods Suck. Entitled neighbor thinks he owns a piece of my land. This happened some years ago. We had just bought a fixer up a house with a rather large garden somewhere in the countryside in Germany. On the first day of me having access to the property, the neighbor, N, comes to tell me that he had just planted 60 cedar trees as a separation of our two properties. N also tells me his property extends one meter, about three feet, on my side of the trees. He had done that on purpose so that he could take care of them and they would have room to grow. I thought nothing of it at the time. After about a year of working on the house, there was a lot to be done. Also, I have a day job. We're ready to move in. It's there that I turn my attention to the garden. Since we have little kids and a dog, we want the fence to keep them safe from traffic on the main road. German law is very strict when it comes to fences and hedges. There are all kinds of complicated restrictions on the type of fence, hedge, the maximum height, etc. These rules change depending on who you share the border or your garden with, the street to neighbor, agricultural land, etc. I'm not German, but I know they take their rules very seriously. So I decided to play by the book. Luckily, my father-in-law, FIL, is a retired surveyor who had been measuring for the municipality where we live, 40 plus years experience. Father-in-law tells me we need to go and find the border stones, massive granite poles buried at every corner of the property. From there, we can connect them to get the borders. Father-in-law also pulls all official records and drawings using his contacts at the municipality. The property is over 100 years old. So lots of interesting stuff on who owned it before. 
As father-in-law and I are measuring with professional surveyor equipment, I'm placing those red and white dots in the ground where the property line is. Father-in-law checked and double-checked with all drawings, but of course, it turns out the cedar trees are about one meter on my property, and not the other way around. As N sees me planting the rods, he comes running out of his house, yelling, what the hell, I think I'm sticking the things in the ground on his property. Lol. Father-in-law tells N, in a very German way, where the property line is, shows him the border stones and explains the equipment and measurements, but N is not having it. He knows where the property line is, where it has always been, and we were wrong. Father-in-law tells him that he is a pro, and that he knows how to survey land, and that he's never been wrong, and that he is certainly not wrong now. N, feeling cornered, pivots and says that we have moved the border stones. Moving those stones is near impossible. They are heavy and go deep in the ground and is a serious offense in Germany. Father-in-law tells N to call the police, but that he better be ready to back up his claim with evidence or it'd be in trouble. N runs off steaming. About a month later, I see a team of three people in safety vests and helmets surveying my property. Turns out N paid four to five thousand euros, estimated from father-in-law, to get back at me. A week later, N tells me in a soft, defeated voice that father-in-law was indeed right about where the line is, but that in all the years that he has lived there, he thought it was somewhere else. I tell N that I understand and no problem, but that I need a fence real soon and that the cedar trees are in the way. He tells me those are his trees and I can't touch them. Instead of just doing what I want with what are now my trees, I propose we team up, dig them out and move them to his property. I want peace with my neighbors. He tells me he doesn't want to do that because some of them might die when moved. I tell him I would be willing to split the cost of replacing any tree that dies during the move. He tells me no and that I'll be talking to his lawyer soon. What the fuck? I just decided I am officially done trying to appease N. Three days later, I get a letter from N's lawyer telling me that the property line has been somewhere else for so long that it is now re-established. Of course, this doesn't apply to me because I'd only recently brought the property. I get an attorney that writes a letter to N to go pound sand. I love pound sand, you know that. I immediately pulled out all the cedar trees and shredded them for compost. I put up a two meter high wooden fence and planted a hedge at the proper distance. It has been several years. The hedge is now three meters high and N still won't talk to me. I've told the story around the neighborhood and nobody was surprised. They all told me that N is the most entitled individual they know. He's been trying to tell everyone what a horrible person I am for shredding his trees. Lol. And I will start off on this one saying, well, it is incredibly sad that the trees had to be moved and potentially died and shredded and all that kind of stuff, which is really sad, isn't it? But like every story we cover, if you would have left them there, you know, OP would have think they won and have some control over you. And it, just, it probably something else would have happened further down the line that would have escalated the situation further. And OP did offer some compromises with trying to move the trees. And, you know, Nabel was probably right that, you know, a couple of trees may die in the process, but they was willing to replace them at half the cost as well. So, you know, <laughs> I dwell in the mountain says in the States, we call what he tried to do adverse possession. And it would have to go to a judge before and mean stringent guidelines. I had an old engineer try to pull out on my private road with an easement to his client's property threw his butt off my land and made him go get his client, then found out his client was trying to commit real estate fraud by selling undevelopable land and not disclosing it. Lots of shady folks out there. 
I was having real trouble saying undevelopable. Undevelopable. <laughs> Temperate Hoosier says and replies to that saying, it's my understanding that in the US, even if someone builds something on the wrong side of the property line and you destroy the property that is on your side but doesn't belong to you, that you could still be held liable for damages to that property. So you'd need to get a court to agree with you and order them to remove it or pay to have it done. If they still don't, then you can destroy that property. That's right, arsehole says. My family has a heavily forested 23-acre lot in the suburbs of Atlanta, and we've been dealing with these problems for years since my grandfather passed away. Somebody put half, maybe a quarter of their pool on our land. Somebody tore up a quarter acre of our garden. Somebody fenced in about the same amount for their own yard. The list goes on. I feel you. To which Princess Cupcake72 replies that saying, what have you done about all this? And then we might have a little story within a story that's from that's right asshole who replies that saying, still in progress. They're actually fighting us on selling it, getting the city involved to change zoning laws so that developers can't build, etc. We started just ignoring them and letting them know that we'll be making the boundaries of our property very clear via tree cutting and removal of items that don't belong on the land, unless they want to take care of that boundary themselves. We aren't going to, but we made the point. We went to a session of City Hall and listened to them saying things like, our family has been on the street for 43 years, blah, blah, blah. My dad stood up and deadpanned, I was unaware the amount of time a family has been on the property had any bearing on the laws. Now that I do hope you're taking into consideration the 210 years my family has been on the property. And we finish up with Smacky the Frog who says, he was finally forced to consider at considerable expense. <laughs> I'll see them my way out to the exit. <laughs> Fucking puns. Now, what do you guys make of this one? Let me know your thoughts in the comments below and we'll move on to the next entitled people story. And our next story comes from Not A Robot, Death A Cyborg. Susan, the Snack Stealer. I used to work with a super entitled woman once upon a time. Her name was Susan. Susan liked to get to the office earlier than everyone else, but I didn't find out why that was until I worked there for a few months. I think I can guess why. She was the sort who liked to help herself to the snacks people had in the communal fridge. She'd also take those individual sodas from the case my cubicle neighbor kept under her desk and had a real thing for stealing either my chocolate or my good granola bars, depending on what I had stashed, right out of my desk drawer. She got her comeuppance one year at the office Christmas pot luck. We had a lady who did Greek cooking and she was magnificent at it. This particular year, she brought in an enormous tray of mini, oh no, spanakopita, <laughs> the spinach and feta cheese in phyllo dough, each roughly the size of an Oreo cookie. Literally hundreds of these little beauties stacked too high on the tray, just waiting to be devoured. And then along came Susan with a Tupperware of holding, no way, I shit you not. She scooped fully a quarter of the contents of that tray into her Tupperware, looking around furtively to make sure no one would try to stop her. She brushed her phyllo crumbs from her fingers, popped the seal on her Y-sized Tupperware and turned smugly away from the buffet table. And every single person in the office was glaring at her, fit to set her permanently ablaze. Our office manager was particularly salty because she, dear reader, was the Greek chef who had provided these delicious morsels. She spoke and it was the voice of a vengeful goddess. Susan, what the hell do you think you're doing? Crickets. And then the foot tapping began. Tap, tap, tap. And the hand on the hip. And finally the finger of doom did aim at Susan. 
Thief of Treats, Hoarder of the Huff, Banacopita, and Susan did meekly open her Tupperware Wye Bowl and return the tray roughly 90% of the pizza, thus was the office manager appeased, and thus was Susan forever sneak-shamed. I used to have a similar colleague when I worked in one of these warehouse places for the insurance company that I tell you about, the furniture insurance company. There was this one guy who worked in the call center upstairs and whenever there was cake in, the announcement got around pretty quick or it'd go through email, cake in the kitchen. And you could hear like the footsteps upstairs, people running downstairs, everyone trying to clamber past each other to get a slice of this cake. And this one guy would always wait till everyone sort of left the kitchen and would stand by the cake and literally just eat slice after slice and then carry a slice back to his desk. And it's one of those things that I wasn't as confident as I am back back then and I didn't ever say anything, but it was just really frustrating to see. And I should have said something. It makes me the arsehole for not saying something, you know. But just watching this guy, it was so frustrating. Black Avenger says, You have my upvote and my glee. Some places even fire you for such behavior. I've only seen visual proof of it twice in my middle-aged life. But yes, it does happen. Mofo Tom says, All of my co-workers do this. If someone brings cake for 15 people, it gets eaten by two to three people in a matter of hours. We all work in pairs of three to four in different shifts. If someone brings candy or something else, they bring enough so every shift can eat it. But nope, by the time my shift starts, it's all gone or a tiny scrap is left. A deleted user says, One of my co-workers from my old job made this delicious dish of large shell pasta stuffed with chicken or crab, covered in Alfredo sauce. And she likes to bring like a big dish to work for everyone to enjoy. Now most of us knew like, hey, take one shell or two. But because this other co-worker was the only one there at the time, she decided to take like a third of the tray. If I had been in my co-worker's shoes, I would have totally gotten onto her for that. The food is for everybody, not just for her, and to feed her kids at home. Brilliant Jewel says, I worked with a woman who never contributed to our potlucks and this wasn't a financial issue because she would voluntarily tell you that she worked because she needed something to do. When she would contribute, which was as rare as a solar eclipse, it would be something like generic store-bought cupcakes or a bag of chips. She sure would be always first in line though, usually before we were even finished setting up. And one more from Flighter Doc who says, I had a classmate in pilot training in the Air Force. He'd come visit and eat up all our snacks, never mind drink our beer. We got him, put dog biscuits in cookie bags and left them out. It took him a few hours to figure out that he wasn't enjoying an Oreo. (laughs) Now, what do you guys make of this story? Have you ever come across a similar colleague? Let me know your thoughts in the comments below and we'll move on to another story. And our next story comes from Map Reston. Dear sir, please remove your fence. While retrieving my mail shortly after moving into my new home, there was a flyer attached to the mailbox post. I read the flyer with interest, finding out it was from a neighbor who purchased the model home at the entrance of our subdivision. The flyer was addressed to all members of the homeowners association and essentially informed us that the HOA were using our HOA dues to sue him for not removing a fence from his front yard. The builder erected the chestnut rail fence around the front yard of the model home when it was built and the purchaser never thought anything about it. A contingent of HOA officers notified him that he had 24 hours to remove the fence or face a lawsuit. Having already faced the wrath of the HOA myself, I stopped at his home to talk with him. After ascertaining the preceding information, I informed him that anything existing on the closing gate of the real estate transfer was grandfathered in and therefore the fence was legal. I then proceeded to show this to him in the covenants. 
at the time, I was an editor with a local newspaper and asked if he minded if my writing an article about this incident in the newspaper. He readily agreed and I went off to discuss it with the managing editor. Between us, we decided to run a series of articles about HOAs and the little Hitlers who run them, highlighting this incident. The series ran weeks on the editorial page, which during the time the court case was held and the homeowner won with the HOA having to pay his legal expenses. He told me that they had asked he would have removed the fence with no problem, but he was a retired colonel in the US Army and was not used to being ordered to do things. 36 years later, the fence is still there. Smooth3 on this one says, so your HOA donated your dues to a bunch of lawyers. Ramen Noodle says, always nice when HOAs get their BS thrown back at them. Unfortunately, they use the money from other people's for their crap. Find it funny they are title HOA officers and then like go around as a contingent. I'm just picturing an Oompa Loompas in Willy Wonka, <laughs> although those guys were actually kind of scary. <laughs> then Dad says, what did you have to do to face the HOA shortly after moving in? To which then OP links a link. So we're going to click it and it turns out to be a story titled HOA Boat Issues. So we're going to read that quickly. After moving into our new home in a subdivision with a homeowner association, I received a call from my wife while at work. She informed me that we had just been visited by a contingent of officers of our HOA. She further told me they were going to make us move our fence. Backstory. When initially looking at the model home, I asked for and received a copy of the HOA covenants and read them cover to cover. I was particularly interested in whether or not the homeowners were permitted to have boats on their property. I found that boats were permitted as long as they could not be seen from the street. I agreed to purchase the home if the builder would pour a concrete boat pad beside the garage, thinking that I could put up gates in the front in front of the pad blocking the view from the street. The builder agreed and we purchased the home. When I arrived home, I asked my wife what happened and was informed of the following. Three HOA officers visited and were informed that I was at work. They congratulated her on a beautiful home, but mentioned that we would have to move the gates as they were forward in the middle of the house and fences are not permitted in the front yard, per the HOA covenants. They then said, your husband is the fishing guide, isn't he? When she replied yes, he said they all liked to fish and he was sure something could be worked out. They left. I called the number that was provided and one of these gentlemen answered. I said that my wife had told me that they visited and what they had said. I told him that I would be happy to take them fishing. All we had to do was come up with an agreeable date and of course, my fee was $400 per day. He replied, I don't think you understand. I said that I understand perfectly. I said that you may be able to force me to move my gates, but let me tell you what will happen if you do. I will head out to the farming area and find the rustiest beat up piece of crap automobile I can find, park it in my driveway and put a nine foot satellite antenna on the roof of the car and there is absolutely nothing you can do about it. Read your covenants. And then I hung up. Never heard another word from them. <laughs> that sounds like one spicy community that I wish we had more stories on. But let me know your thoughts on today's stories. Did you enjoy today's Entitled People's Stories? If you did, let me know in the comments as always. I love an entitled people story, especially when it gets to entitled HOAs as well. These are my favorites. Whenever we talk about HOAs, I know we do have them in the UK. Some people have told me I've never actually seen one or heard of one though. And they always seem to get a bit wild in the US. I don't know. It might, they might do it in the UK, but on Reddit, we only seem to hear about the US ones and they're always wild. 
<laughs> let me know your thoughts in the comments below a huge thank you for spending 20 minutes or so of your time with me today and just a huge thank you from the bottom of my heart for being involved you mean the absolute world to me so pan in my chest there oh that hurt a bit much love guys <laughs> Y'all keep looking for that new way. I think I like it how it is. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.